When Lawrence O'Donnell interviewed Justin Pearson a couple of days ago, he introed him with a segment about Martin Luther King Jr.'s last speech in Memphis the day before he was assassinated. I know a lot of people are making the comparison between Pearson and MLK, and for good reason. And I think the way that the last word chose to format this segment is really powerful. Also, it's just an excuse to hear Pearson speak, which he does without taking a single breath. He makes sure you hear everything he has to say. No interruptions. I next. And tonight, local bank managers and bank tellers can ask themselves, am I next? Anyone in an American movie theater can ask, am I next? Anyone in a shopping mall, anyone in a church, it doesn't matter where you are or where you go. You could be next. And Republicans insist that's the way it should be. I am a man. That was the rallying cry in Tennessee in 1968 that brought the Reverend Martin Luther King Jr. to Tennessee to support the sanitation workers' strike in Memphis after two sanitation workers, Robert Walker and Echo Cole, were killed on the job. The workers who collected the trash from the street and threw it into the trucks were not allowed to ride inside the trucks, even when it was raining. In the rain, those workers took shelter by sitting inside that huge scoop at the back of the trash trucks. And when the compressor on their truck suddenly malfunctioned, Robert Walker and Echo Cole sheltering from the rain in the scoop, were dragged into the innards of the truck with the garbage. Robert Walker and Echo Cole were swallowed, broken up, and crushed to death in the trash inside that truck. All of their co-workers walked off the job and demanded the right to join union. Their protest slogan was simply, I am a man. That was what brought Dr. King to Memphis for what turned out to be the final speech of his life. The mayor of Memphis then got a court-ordered injunction to forbid Dr. King from leading a protest march in Memphis. The right-wing conservatives of Tennessee used a legal process to try to silence Martin Luther King. Exactly what right-wing conservatives are still trying to do in Tennessee, as we saw last week. Dr. King said that the injunction against the protest march was something that he would expect from the totalitarian governments in China and Russia at the time. To a packed audience inside the Mason Temple in Memphis, the night before he was assassinated, Dr. King said, like anybody, I would like to live a long life. Longevity has its place, but I'm not concerned about that now. I just want to do God's will. And he's allowed me to go up to the mountain and I've looked over and I've seen the promised land. I may not get there with you, but I want you to know tonight that we as a people will get to the promised land and I am happy. I am so happy tonight. Those were the last words publicly spoken by Martin Luther King. Last week, this country heard the very first words spoken by our next guest that went national, that had the reach of Martin Luther King's speeches, reached beyond Tennessee, words that were heard in every corner of this nation. People who heard Dr. King speak have told me that what they heard last week from Representative Jones and Representative Pearson were voices like Dr. King's, voices that can lead this country through the darkest days 
with hope. Getting off our discussion tonight is expelled, currently expelled, Democratic State Representative Justin J. Pearson of Tennessee. Thank you very, very much for joining us tonight. I really appreciate it. And let me begin just by saying thank you uh, for what you taught us all last week about how to follow the events of what was happening in Tennessee and what was important about them. As you look at the last few days uh, through to tonight, what would you say about winning and losing? Who is winning what and who is losing what in Tennessee? First, my heart goes out to the folks in Louisville uh, who are suffering from another of the country's often too frequent mass shootings because of the inaction of people in state legislatures across this country who are much more willing to listen to the voices of the National Rifle Association than the nation of people who are asking for common sense gun laws to prevent weapons of war from being in the hands of normal people. And it is very sad that day after day, week after week, we are having to know that loved ones are preparing for funerals of people who should not be gone this soon. And so to those families, we grieve and we still mourn with you just as we do our loved ones here in Nashville and in our community too often we experience these murders on a consistent basis. Democracy is losing. In Tennessee, we who believe in justice and freedom are losing in a state where you have leaders in positions of power who are wielding that power abusively and are operating much more like this is a mobocracy than a democracy. They are operating much more like they are dictators rather than people who are representing the will of those who want to see justice done. Folks like Cameron Sexton who refuses to hear the voices and the cries and the dissent of people and would rather have us expelled out of the house than had District 86, 86's representation there. And still, even amidst persecution, what we are witnessing across this state and across this nation is a resurgence of hope that we can end gun violence, that we can center the voices of those who may not be able to speak anymore, but ensure that their lives are not lost in vain, that there is a resurgence of optimism that even in states like Tennessee, we can pass just gun laws, we can make sure we protect our communities, and that can be done if we remain and as we remain persistent to this moment and to this cause, despite all that the Republican Party is seeking to do, and despite all that those who want to keep the status quo the same are doing, and that is reason for folks to have hope and to have optimism, but when democracy is at stake in the way that it is, as elected leaders are being expelled uh, from a state house after we were duly elected by the people we represented to do just what we did, which was speak up on behalf of them and alongside them in those galleries, those thousands of children and, and, and parents who our speaker called insurrectionists. We were sent there to speak up on behalf of them and answer the question that they are telling us to do something. And am I next to respond that we don't want that to happen? But instead of that, we're focused on expelling members of the house rather than answering the calls of our people to do something. It, it seems the only vote uh of any kind in reaction to a mass murder in Tennessee that this speaker has allowed is a vote to expel you. I mean, this is this is the problem in our state. The response is never to the issue at hand. It is to silence the voice of the minority. It is to silence the conversation of dissent that says the NRA doesn't deserve to dictate our legislative policies. It is always to silence the people who are trying to bring folks from the periphery to the center of the conversation, the mothers and the fathers and the grandparents and the siblings who are sad and who are mourning and grieving the loss of loved ones from gun violence that we're experiencing every day. What we are, are seeing it from Cameron Sexton, from the Republican Party in Tennessee, is that they do not want to have any compassion or any empathy or any care. They would rather legislate in equity and injustice on behalf of gun lobbyists than actually listen to the voices of people in our community who are asking for us to do something. 
We oftentimes hear the complaint that I've had myself about the politicians sending their thoughts and prayers. And now that we are in elected positions, we don't just have to have thoughts and prayers. We can have action and legislation passed that prevents gun violence in the first place. We have budgets that can put resources behind supporting people and communities to ensure that gun violence is not something that's perpetuated. And we cannot look and isolate this issue just to our schools, as we see in Louisville, it's in our banks, as we saw in Charleston, it's our churches. There's a proliferation of gun violence in our communities. And instead of addressing the issue, Cameron Sexton and the Republican Party is doing things that are anti-democratic in order to silence the voice of people who are exercising the First Amendment in a peaceful way to ensure that the voices of those who may not be able to speak anymore still ring loud in our present day. Uh, your colleague, uh, Justin Jones, uh, told Rachel Maddow in the previous hour that he was on an elevator uh, just today with one of the, rep the Republicans who initiated uh, this resolution to expel you. And he said, I asked him, uh, did he learn anything from this experience? And he was silent. Uh, can you imagine a moment like that that will be in your future as you expect to be uh, reinstated on Wednesday uh, in one of those elevators in the Capitol this week or next week with someone who was part of the initiative to get you expelled? Uh, can you imagine? Uh, what you might ask them in a moment like that? Yes, what I'll ask them is what just legislation are you going to pass to ensure that we don't have more children and families suffering under the brutality of gun violence? What actions are you going to deliberately take to ensure that our communities are actually protected and not offer false solutions about putting more guns in schools or more guns into our community to protect us? I'll ask how many hundreds of millions of dollars can we provide to people in our communities who are doing the work of preventing gun violence in order that we can ensure that this is no longer a problem? How much money are we going to put towards poverty reduction? How much money can we put towards Medicaid expansion to ensure those who need access to health care and medical care are able to receive receive it. That's the type of questions that I'm going to be sure to ask because their silence is something that I do expect. Former and future Democratic State Representative Justin J. Pearson, Tennessee, thank you very, very much for joining us tonight. Uh, please come back uh, as soon as you can find the time to do so. Uh, we need to hear more uh, of what you have uh, to tell us uh, about all of this, these issues and more. We really appreciate it. Thank you, Lawrence. We'll keep fighting and we'll do. Thank you. Shortcast Club.